Hello and welcome to Sit and Listen, a production of Science in the News. We are a graduate student-led organization at Harvard University focused on generating discussions between scientists, other experts, and enthusiasts. The global pandemic caused by the novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, has changed the world and altered all of our lives. In this series of episodes titled Scientists at Home, we present narratives of life and research during the pandemic from scientists and academics across a broad range of disciplines and stages of their careers. We hope that in hearing these narratives, you'll feel a sense of camaraderie with the scientific community as we acclimate to these difficult times. My name is Edward Chen, and I'm a master's student at Harvard studying immunology. Joining me today is Aaron Abai, an undergraduate student also at Harvard. Aaron is a junior majoring in molecular and cellular biology with a minor in African-American studies. Aaron also performs research in the laboratory of Professor Doug Kwan. This interview was recorded on November 15, 2020. Would you like to just start by introducing yourself, like your name, your major, your year? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Aaron Abai. I'm a junior uh, here at Harvard. I'm studying molecular and cellular biology with a minor in African-American studies. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm from Littleton, Colorado, um, but my family is from Ethiopia. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. So now let's shift gears a little bit to talk about how COVID-19 has affected your undergraduate experience. May I start by asking you a little about your research? I know that you have been doing research in the Quan Lab, so would you like to describe how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected your research? And since this pandemic is still very much ongoing, how is it going to continue to affect your research? Yeah, sure. So I started working at the Quan Lab at the beginning of my sophomore year. I'm now a junior. Um, and yeah, so first semester and for a little bit of the second semester, I was in the lab doing a wet lab project. I was focused on um, basically the role of antibodies in the female genital tract and planning this like super cool experiment to do, um, basically using serum from or using fluid from um, the female genital tract and testing it in a ELISA-based experiment. Um, and I had spent, you know, a lot of my first semester getting very familiar with the literature and a lot of it, and also part of the second semester, like planning the project. We were ordering reagents. We were, you know, getting our positive and negative controls ready. And, and then COVID hit. <laughs> and basically we got kicked off of campus and my whole research just had to completely shift gears. So as of March, um, my work is almost entirely, or actually it is entirely computational. Uh, so I had like no coding experience at all. I had done actually a little bit of R in my statistics class, but it was mostly a lot of copying and pasting. So <laughs> I went into it very unprepared and it was also not, you know, what I came into the lab doing or wanting to do, but now I actually really enjoy it. I, I 
spent the summer really like learning about coding and like how to be um how to like analyze data using r and now i'm learning python um and so my project now is um still focused on the female genital tract um i'm researching the metabolomic environment of the female genital tract in the context of uh, hiv acquisition and so basically what i do is i am analyzing a, a data set of um metabolites and their relative concentrations from samples of the female genital tract in a cohort in South Africa. So that's what I do. Not at all what I thought I would be doing, but um, it's really fun. And I really, I think, enjoy computational work. So it's been sort of serendipitous, but I do definitely hope to get back into the lab, doing wet lab stuff at some point in the future, because I think that is sort of where my heart lies. I see, thanks. So you got some more experience with computational research, and it's good that you have been able to shift to computational work to still do research during the pandemic. And I also certainly hope that you do get that wet lab experience that you want in the future. But do you think that this experience will change what you do want to do in the future? Maybe? Um, I think it definitely has helped me to see the power in having computational skills because I think the skills that I've learned in over the summer and that I'm continuing to learn right now can be honestly applied to a lot of different things in a way that I don't think wet lab skills can. I think both teach you how to think like a scientist, but I think computational skills and like actually knowing how to analyze the data that can be very directly and tangibly applied to like a lot of different things. So. I'm really interested in like public health as well. So um, I think knowing how to analyze data and how to do it, you know, the right way will help with sort of other things that I want to do as well in the future. I do agree with you that computational skills are very helpful and your interest in public health. That sounds interesting to me too. I'd be very excited to hear about any future projects that you might work on. Now, I think something that's really relevant to how well you can do research and study is your living situation. So if it's okay with you, I have some questions about that too. Are you on campus? Are you off campus? Are you happy with where you are? Yeah, so I'm on campus. Um, so it's a bit of a weird setup for Harvard students. All Practically all first years are living on campus and then upperclassmen have the opportunity to petition to live on campus. So I was one of those upperclassmen that petitioned. And uh, and yeah, so I'm living in the same house that I lived in last year as a sophomore. And I'm living in a single, everyone has to be living in singles. Um, and I'm living with two other friends of mine. Um, one of them is my roommate that I have lived with for the past two years. The other one is one of my best friends. So. I think I really lucked out. Um, I love the people I'm living with and the living situation is pretty nice. I have a pretty spacious single, I would say. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really different obviously than it was last year. Uh, we have to grab and go food and eat it in our rooms for part of the semester. The food was entirely microwaved. Like you'd have to microwave the food. They just recently started serving hot food again, but um, I don't think I've, I, I don't think I have too many complaints. I'm really happy to be here. Um, it's different, right? All my classes are online as are yours, I'm sure. <laughs> so 
Um, it's, it's a bit of a transition, but I've generally been happy um, living here and living with my friends and doing classes together, so. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Thank you for clarifying your on-campus living situation for us. It's great to hear that things have mostly worked out for you, and I hope that you can still enjoy the food, even though things, like you said, are very obviously different. And since you are living on campus, I might have some follow-up questions like, what do you think about the campus environment? Is it still there or does it feel very, very different? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very different, actually. Um, it's quieter, for sure. Um, reliably, every Friday and Saturday night, Harvard Square and the river would be, you know, just music everywhere. And now it's just crickets, <laughs> for the most part, at least. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely quieter. Um, it's, it's like, it's more lonely. It's like, you don't get the same opportunity of running into your friends on the way to, to classes or, you know, bumping into someone at the dining hall. And you do, I do definitely miss those moments for sure. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think I've had the opportunity to like strengthen and deepen my friendships with the people who I'm living with. Um, so that's been really nice. Um, and that's been something I've definitely appreciated. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a completely different vibe to campus. I think um, it's also really interesting because, um, you know, this is like a thing that is a, it's a, we're in a public health crisis. So like one person's decisions can impact another person's. So I think there's also a really strong feeling of like accountability on campus and like people are holding one another accountable to like high standards because, um, you know, like I said, this is like a public health, global health epidemic. So um, that's also been interesting, just like sort of being hypercognizant of the fact that we are living in community and like our choices impact others very directly. Um, so that's been like another thing that's been interesting navigating. Um, but yeah, I think it's also something that you just kind of get used to, right? Like I've, it was very, very new at the very, at the beginning of the semester, but now it feels very ordinary. It feels very like I'm used to it. So, yeah. I feel that loneliness too. And I hope that feeling can go away sooner rather than later. It's good to hear you're also seeing at least some positive aspects like strengthening your existing friendships. You mentioned accountability, and I do wonder how everything's worked out on that front. Does having that accountability help you feel a sense of community, some sort of semblance, like you're still responsible for one another, sort of? I think it has, and there's there have been times where I have, but I also think um, like you have to do it in a way that's that's, what's the word? I think sometimes accountability can turn into shaming and can turn into, um, I just think you have to do accountability in the right way. I don't know exactly what that right way is, but I think it needs to come from a place of, of empathy and compassion and understanding that you don't know everything about what a person is going through um, and also of good intentions. Um, yeah, so I, th I think I think that's 
and I think when people approach accountability in that way, that's been and where I've felt a very deep sense of like accountability, right? Like for example, <clears throat> you know, as important as it is to be socially distant, it's also important to um, like socialize safely. And that's like a very important part of like maintaining people's public mental health. And so one example I think of is like, there's this guy in our dorm who like plays music in the courtyard on Friday nights and like invites, you know, a, a safe amount of people, five, six, seven people to hang out in a socially distant manner. And like, I think doing that um, and like creating that space and community in a way that's still cognizant of the fact that we need to be following public health measures, like that was like, I think very model behavior for like how we can navigate you know, being accountable to like public health measures and like being accountable to like our own like mental health and stuff like that. So I think it's a it's a balance and it's a line to like to tread. Um, but I think moments like that um, have been where I've felt community like within my own residential area. Um, yeah, so. I like how you put some thought into describing this fine line of being accountable to keep in mind both physical and mental health, and realizing that they're both really important. We can't live well with one, but not the other. And so we definitely do want to maintain both our physical and our mental health. And why don't have a personal experience with living in a dorm during the pandemic, it certainly is something that is very important to a lot of people like you. So your example is very relevant Thanks for that too. So we have now been talking about community, a general sense of community or a feeling of community. And you might have some extracurricular things that you do, like outside of classes. Do you feel that's harder to connect with students and just keep doing what you used to be doing? Yeah, I think that's definitely been a huge challenge. Um, so I'm this year I'm, I've been serving as the president of the Harvard Society of Black Scientists and Engineers. I've been involved since my freshman year. Um, and a big thing of, of th a big part of what we do is like help first year students um, like build community and like help first year students find their friends within the black STEM community at Harvard. And it's hard because, you know, a big way I did that my freshman year was like running into people at events and um, I think there's something to be said about the ability for food and like eating together to build community. And that was like a very staple part of our events at His Busy, which is what we call our org. Um, but, you know, I think we've actually done a pretty good job at, at, you know, doing this over a virtual format instead. So we have a lot of like game nights. Um, we'll have like Zoom game nights. We, we played Among Us a couple of days ago. As a, as a community. And um, we've been also focused on like improving our professional and academic resources that we offer for kids, or for students. Um, so yeah, I think extracurricular life is just completely different now. Um, but in terms of building community, I think we've found ways to do so online. And I think the first years have also been super, super positive about it. Um, you know, I think the first year students in many ways 
have lost a lot, have lost maybe the most of all the years. I think their freshman experience is like super, super critical, but they've been like approaching everything with a very positive attitude and like have come ready to like build community and to find people. And so it sort of made our job a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, so overall we, we, we're, we're managing. It's nice to get a glimpse of your non-academic life and just some positivity of people adapting to face the unexpected. So because you said it's a huge challenge, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, and that you're now doing things virtually, what are some differences that you notice with this virtual format? Do you think people participate more or less when things are online? In a sense, it's easier to participate because you don't have to physically spend time to travel somewhere. But also, maybe there's just less incentive to engage. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would say less because Zoom fatigue is very real. <laughs> I think everyone feels Zoom fatigue at the end of the day. You just don't want to go to another event. Um, but in terms of incentivizing, we've been doing things like raffles where participants you know, if you come, you get entered into raffle and you can win a gift card or money or something. So that's been good because people love money. But <laughs> I mean, it was the same way during the school year in the sense where food was a lot of the times the incentive for people to come. So in that way, you know, people's participation, I don't think is, um, I think is always needs to be incentivized, whether we're virtual or not virtual. Um, I think just sort of unique thing about virtual um a virtual semester is there's also the element of the zoom fatigue um and we try to be the way we try to navigate that is like sort of consolidating our events so you know only have an event if we absolutely need to um and you know not have any more events than we actually need or any fewer than we need so just being sort of um cognizant of that and then also working with like other groups that do similar things as to not, you know, have redundant things happening. So, yeah. I hope that even with Zoom fatigue, you can still find workarounds that, well, work. And it's not like that you have had some successes in this area. Like the raffles certainly sound interesting. And you also brought up food. What about gift cards for food? Well, maybe that might be covered by the raffles. But I do find it kind of disappointing that you need to incentivize these events, whether they're virtual or physical. But I mean, as a recent graduate myself, I, I do know about the power of pizza. So going backwards a bit now, we sort of digressed or meandered from living on campus to connecting and bonding. You mentioned earlier that you're living on campus rather than off campus. So why did you choose to stay on campus? Is this because of your research or something else? Yeah, it actually wasn't because of my research. That's sort of an added benefit of being on campus. I just work better at school than I do at home. And um, I just sort of wanted to be back to have a semblance of that college experience. And I guess just sort of needed uh, needed time away from home, I think, to really focus on my studies, so. 
I do imagine that your living environment would have a big impact on how well you study. So how are your classes? How do you think your classes have changed? Um, honestly, I feel like there's been a lot more. Like, I feel like my classes have sort of upped the expectations. I think it's trying to compensate for sort of the, the, the less participation they know they'll get in a virtual semester. So there's been a lot more, I think. There's been like more check-ins and surveys and you know, the breakout rooms are a lot and trying to keep us engaged. But I also appreciate it because I think I was worried coming to the semester if I would learn anything. I think at the end of last semester, um, when we shifted to online, all of our classes went past fail. And I really feel like I didn't learn much at the end of my second semester last year. But this year, like, as sort of intense as Zoom is and as fatiguing as it is and as, you know, sort of taxing all these like surveys and check-ins are, I really feel like I'm learning, which is really awesome. And something really just relieving. Um, but yeah, so other than that, other than the fact of being online and just sort of having more to do, um, I think they've more or less been what I would expect them to be. Um, tests, problem sets. Um, Getting to know people in my classes has been a little bit weird because it's like, I've never actually seen you in real life, but I know your face and voice and who you are through Zoom, which is kind of weird. But so far, I mean, it works fine. So, yeah. A lot more work, huh? I have heard other people mention this before too. But I mean, it's great this semester is better than the end of the last one. And learning is why we're here. I definitely agree with you on getting to know more people. I think you were mostly referring to getting to know me and the rest of our classmates. So what about with professors and TFs? Do you think professors and TFs are equally accessible as in person? Maybe more accessible? I think more accessible. I think because you don't have to make that trek to their office that I'm spending a lot more time in office hours and getting help on problem sets than I would have originally, which is really nice actually. Um, yeah, so that's been a, definitely a plus. Um, like for shifts class, I'm in office hours as much as I can be you know, on the weekends, which is really nice getting to talk with him. And for this class, I was just at um, the class, I, the office hours I just was coming from, like I'm constantly in, that, in those office hours for help with this problem set because it's like super hard but and I don't think I would have gotten that in a regular semester so I'm really interested to see how when you know we're back in person what will stay online versus what will become in person again because I think for example office hours work really well online so that'll be interesting to see yeah I agree and I'm not that sure if this is surprising I think this this is sort of interesting because with Zoom fatigue and less participation in extracurricular events, as you described, professors and TFs are still more accessible. And we can probably infer pretty good reasons for both of these cases. Are there other things that you think going online has helped? Or thinking to the future a little bit, what elements of online classes do you think will be carried on into, you know, your next semester?
and the one after that, and even after the pandemic has ended. Yeah, definitely office hours, I would say. Um, my classes do this thing where there's like a Google Doc that you can add questions to, and in real time, professors and TFs, mostly TFs, will like answer your questions. So I think that's like a really cool way to answer people's questions. It's like sort of like the Zoom chat function, right? Same idea where you can ask questions and get it answered in real time. So I would love for that to still be a function or feature of in-person classes, because I think that's really helpful to like get your answers questions, get your questions answered. <laughs> um, what else? Um, I think the shift to like having all your materials accessible online is something that was started, you know, has been a, a, a trend, but I still had some classes last year that would print like every single, um, and for every single class, like their lecture slides and people would handwrite them. So I think the shift to like iPad culture sort of is a good thing, um, but that definitely brings up questions about affordability of iPads and affordability of like online learning things. So what I would love to see is like Harvard providing these for all students so that we can continue these like positive parts of online education in a way that's not financially a burden for a lot of students. But that is like one thing that I would love to see as well. You mentioned typing your questions into Google Docs and that's really interesting for me. I actually suggested doing that for the introductory biology class I TA through my undergrad because not that many people were engaging with workshops and just the class in general. So I ended up being the only one besides the professor who answered questions, but it was a fun and good experience for me too because I got more questions so I could help the students more. I'm not sure if a big or significant factor in this is that students are more likely to ask questions when they don't ask directly, if you get what I mean. I'd be interested to hear what you think. And then on learning materials slowly migrating online, I agree that everybody should have trouble-free access to course materials. I personally have not had an iPad, and I wouldn't know too much about using iPads to learn or to do other things. It would be good to see the school provide iPads to students, especially if this is a big thing that people use for learning. All right, so you mentioned that there was more coursework to compensate for any potential decreased learning because classes are all online. Do you feel overwhelmed or that it's difficult to do well in your classes because of this change? Um, it has been an overwhelming semester. Um, and I think one thing that makes it overwhelming is like, like I mentioned, there's just a lot of busy work to keep people engaged and sometimes forgetting that busy work, forgetting to do that busy work can be some stress and added stress because you don't know how that will affect your grade or whatever. Um, but I think what's been most overwhelming is just sitting and staring at a screen all day. Like, I think there's something very, you know, very, relaxing about walking to classes or just like getting out. Um, so I've tried to make it a point to like get out more and change where I'm studying just for my own sake, but it's hard when 
you know, there's not many study spaces and you're supposed to be in your room. So I think that's what's most overwhelming about a virtual semester, just like being in front of a screen and not being next to other human beings all the time. Um, yeah. I don't think this is the first time that you have brought up busy work. So it sounds like a significant issue with this semester that can be improved. I hope you can get through the busy work and the stress of the semester. And hopefully next semester, because professors will have more experience with teaching online classes by then, maybe we'll see an improvement with the overwhelming aspect of classes and have the right amount of homework. In terms of screen time, professors in some of my classes, including Professor Pillay, have reformatted classes to have less consecutive screen time. So I think professors recognize that this is a problem, which is a good thing, you know? Like, in one of the classes I'm taking, and it's also taught by Professor Pillay, we have pre-recorded lectures, which were not a part of the class in previous years, so synchronous lectures don't last as long as they would have. And I think that does make a difference. But still, it's definitely very nice to have breaks where you're outside and moving. Just sitting in the chair all day, you know, whether your classes are just coming at you one after another or not, isn't very conducive to learning. So overall, would you say that you're satisfied with this semester? Do you feel it's underwhelming? Like you're paying for this education, right? So how would you say in terms of, are you satisfied or not? Yeah, um, I mean, it is what it is, right? Like no one wants to be in a global pandemic. <laughs> so you just sort of gotta live with it. So yeah, I'm satisfied. I think for the circumstances that we're in, it's been a good semester. Okay, thank you. That's all the questions I had. Thanks. Thanks so much yeah. for meeting with me, Aaron. All right. Thanks, Edward.